Hello and welcome to When Wrestlers Act. I'm John Cronshaw and I'm back again with Colin Cox. How are you, Colin? I'm very well, thank you, John. Hello. Hello, John. Uh, I'm not going for my usual gimmick. Yay, nice to change things up, as they say. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, so let's change it and watch something good for a change then. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't be done, I'm afraid. Yeah, so we've, we've just watched Series 7, Episode 9 of American Dad, an episode called Danny Tendergrass. Because he tends the grass. Ah. It, it's good, isn't it? It's he's, good. A, he's a groundskeeper at a country club. Um, I blame my sister for this one. She mentioned this a while ago, and... Um, she she actually likes this program. Which one? Which sister? Young or old? Emily. One? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she she enjoys American Dad. Yeah. So this CIA operative. Um, the the scene opens up and uh, basically Patrick Stewart says, uh, "It's summer holidays. Go away." Yeah. And everyone's like, "Yeah." So they go away. And Stan is that his name? Yeah. The, the muscly yeah. CIA guy, the Seth MacFarlane person. He says, I'm going to spend the summer at the country club. So you think, oh, he's a member at a country club. That's good. And then he drives up to the country club. He goes to the employee's car park. Yes. He's a, a groundsman. He likes sitting on lawnmowers and all that stuff. He likes being a hard-working American Johnny. Yeah. So he, he works with someone called, what, Raoul? Something like that, I don't know. That's some stereotypical Hispanic name. Yeah, so he's working with him, and uh, he says that he's he's been working there every summer for 30 years because he wants to raise enough money to be a member at the country club. And he's nearly there. He's nearly got the money. The dreams of us all, John. Throughout this, there's also a subplot that isn't very good, which is... Wait, wait, we're talking a Seth MacFarlane... Um... Program. It wasn't going to say comedy. Yeah. And that's that's what Seth MacFarlane comedy is. It's um, random stuff going on with crappy subplot going on. Yeah. So the, in the crappy subplot, Francine, I think she's called, she wants to have a legacy. She talks to a German fish and decides that she wants to come up with a catchphrase. So she spends most of the episode coming up with a catchphrase that's not very good. Yeah, she comes up with a catchphrase and... Um, Nobody um, really is too bothered by it, and um, it's just all down to delivery. Um, fishy thinks, and it, what is it? It's, it's too spicy for the pepper. That's the one she ends up. Something like with. that, yeah. And um, it ends up that the too spicy for the pepper was some taco thing from two years before. So. Yeah, so subplot done. Yes, yeah. Oh, they that, do. That was they, rubbish. That was such a bad subplot. They do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they do generic Seth MacFarlane thing of um, cutting in real footage of um, someone who I'm guessing is well-known. don't remember who it is, but apparently it's an Oscar-nominated actress, a big black woman, yeah. saying her catchphrase. It's funny, John, because she's famous and American, and it's um real film in a cartoon. It's not a plot, though. No. That, that, like They call it a subplot, but that was just... She has a catchphrase. Is it because it's beneath a plot? It's beneath being defined as a plot. Yeah, that's what I meant. Now, a subplot should <clears> just be another plot. That's that's where a should, subplot should be. In this case, it really wasn't. It wasn't. It was just, she has a catchphrase, it's not very good, and then she realised, well, it, someone else realises she's copied it. Yeah. That's the plot. That's not very good. It's a bit like a children's story where um, 
a child loses its bloom. Not a child, a child animal loses its bloom. And then at the end of the um, story, it finds its bloom. Now, because it'll have gone through something to to realise that, you know, the balloons in our hearts or... I don't know. <laughs> like, a lot of the stuff, a lot of children's stories are actually quite well plotted, to be honest. Um, and this wasn't. This no. This wasn't a plot. So let's go to the actual the plot. Actual plot. This is this is more of a plot, actually. Um, this, I would say, Stan, he's going on about how he's, uh, you know, all about working hard. And he gets his son, who's this geeky lad, he gets him a job at the... Country club. Country club. Um, it's because he drinks half a half a can of pop and throws the other half away. Yeah. But I could um, I could shorten this whole review by saying it's a classic Seth MacFarlane <laughs> thing where he um main character behaves in such a way, becomes a bit of a dick, learns something and um a lesson is learned by the end and off yeah. off you go. It's it's a, it's a classic three part structure. <laughs> That's all we can say. And it is um you have the setup. It's the class- you have the inversion. You have the lesson. Seth MacFarlane, all throughout the entire first series of Family Guy, um, did this in pretty much every single episode. Where at the end of it, hey, he- good, good. At least, at least the first series oh, of Family Guy had storylines. It did, and that's absolutely fine. Had, had plots, not wasn't just very good ones, but random cultural references yeah. and racial jokes. And at that point, it was it was fine. It was watchable. It's no future armor, um, but. It was fine. It was just, um, you know, at the end you'd get Peter Griffin sort of like a... Whenever, think of all the times you've told your dog off and it just sort of it just sort of goes to a corner and sulks. Yeah. And um, that's how Peter behaves at the end of every episode of Family Guy. Mm. And that's almost a bit like this. Yeah. So one, one of the key things about this episode is there's a thing that they call the employee swim which is where once a month, just as the pool's about to get drained, all the employees are allowed to go and have a swim. So that that's a thing. So yeah. leave that aside for now. Stan brings his son in. Can't yeah. remember his son's name, whatever he's called. Son. Son. And he basically makes friends with this guy who's a rich prick, but it's really the alien that lives with Stan. Yeah. And is it called something like Mr. Vandermeer or something like that? Or? In this he is, but yeah. that's not his actual name. No, he's called Alien or something. No, um, I think he has just sort of some sort of generic name, like, I don't know, Gordon or something. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> just like the guy of Ready to Rumble. <laughs> he joins the Alien, and the Alien's like, I'm really rich and I'm really obnoxious. Oh, yeah. Wait, Stan has got the child a job at the country club, a summer job, um, to teach him the value of hard manly work. Yeah, and he's, he's basically just a uh, guy who hangs out with the alien. Well, the alien gives him this job because um, he, in his own words, um, reversed Anna Nicole Smith, an old lady. So yeah. she was like a 95-year-old lady and he married her about two weeks before she died. Yeah, a bit like Jerry Hall. Well, the thing is, how old's Jerry Hall? Uh, um, she's, uh, I think she's uh, about 60. Yeah, and how old's Rupert Murdoch? I mean, Rupert Murdoch's old enough. He's about 90. Yeah. The um, See, what gets me about that is, like, I don't care how... Um, she's got she's got no reason to do gold digging. And no. he is 
one of the worst people <laughs> in I, the modern I, I, era. I just think if you if you're gonna do that. And this, this you, is, you, this you could is, do better than Jerry Hall. This is coming from someone who's worked in newspapers. I can say that, yeah, I, I, I'm not just saying this as a, uh, you know, a filthy lefty or whatever. You know, I've got experience of working in journalism. I know what Rupert Murdoch's like. It's the worst. The worst. I just think if you're Rupert Murdoch, though, you could do better than Jerry Hall. Um, we digress again. So at this point... Um, Son's got a job with Alien, getting lots of um, money for doing nothing. Yeah. That's what's happened. Yeah, and, and Stan works out that, um, you know, he's got just enough money now to buy a membership, and then his kid informs him, yeah, that would have bought you a membership 30 years ago. When you started saving it. Yeah. So he saved seven grand, and yeah. the price is 200 grand. Would you join a country club for £200,000 a year, Colin? Oh, well, John, I would not want to be a member of any club that would have me as a member. Yeah? Yeah, I just thought I would do a Groucho joke there. Okay, so... You... But, no. So not, are you not, rescinding not. your 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 membership of the When Wrestlers at Fan Club? You <laughs> well, bastard. Well, why not? You bastard. You, you're going to deplete the membership by half. Uh, I know, but do we still owe you that 200 grand? <laughs> yes. <laughs> When do I get my half and, of that two hundred grand? And, and the post dated check doesn't count, Colin. Um, yeah, so so um, the, there's a bit of a wager, isn't there? The alien goes, look, I I'll do a thing where if you play me at golf and win, then you can join the club. And so they play golf, and Stan wins. Oh, there's some guy who is um, side betting that with the alien that. Stan will best him or something. Yeah. And it's... Um, or does Stan that, lose? Stan does lose. Stan does lose, so, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and, so, uh, it's, so the rich guy and wins, split, uh, loses the bet and yeah. they split the money. That's it, he splits the money, win, loses the, well, wins the bet because of throwing the match. That's the gimmick. Yeah, I mean, there's one good joke there. They're doing a bit of a montage of um, golf playing and um, it gets to the end and they... Rich golf guy says, "Well, this um, you're already at thirty five shots apiece on this first hole. Let's just play for this first hole because we haven't got time." Yeah, I thought that was reasonably funny. And reminds me of a couple of times when I've played golf. <laughs> yeah, the only golf I've ever played is you know my my view on golf is basically if it doesn't have windmills, it's not real golf. Do you know what I mean? No way actually has windmills. I've never seen... I've seen a windmill, you bastard. I've never seen a crazy golf course with a windmill. I have. And it hit it away. Mm. Yeah. Also, I've also played on the ones where it's got like a thing where you have to hit it at the sides instead of the things. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you you think, well, hang on. How can you hit a ball around a corner? And it's like, well, if you hit it at the side, then use geometry and angles. So it's a bit like pool, but instead of using cues, you use golf bats. And instead mm. of on a table, it's on a floor. But in pool, you've got six holes to aim for. Yeah, and instead of using like lots of balls to hit into each other, you use one ball that's got bubbles in. Yeah. So. And um, it's a stupid lightweight thing, and we'll just you know really zoom off when you hit it. But apart from the obvious differences, they're pretty much the same game. Oh, identical. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so 
Where are we at? Yeah, so the Stan guy joins the country club. Yep, and turns into a rich um, twat. Yeah, he's basically just an obnoxious dick. Mm. And the whole he, starts becoming wasteful as well. Yeah, and he wears a toss sweater. Yeah. Tie, he says, I've got a new tie. No, it's pronounced tosser sweater. Yeah, he, he says he's, he's bought a new tie for the country club and it's just a sweater kind of tied around his neck. That's good. Mm. And then he realises he's been a dick because his son, the the kid, goes and works no, with Raoul. It's when... Um, his son tries to make him realise that he's being a dick, but he doesn't buy into it. Mm. And then um, who should come along, John? Hulk Hogan. Terry Belea. Yeah. And he cuts a promo. As if and... Terry Belea could ever get into a country club. Hey, he'd be fine. Yeah, he'd, he'd just be one of them racist country clubs. Yeah, fair enough. Well, allegedly. Um, so, yeah, Hulk Hogan basically cuts a 1980s Hulk Hogan promo, talking about stuff in his mean jeans. Yeah. Thought that was quite quite clever, really. It was. And then he shakes Stan's hand. Oh, that's right, because they make a big fuss earlier um, when Child shakes Raoul's hand of um, breaking down the anatomy of a manly handshake and um, saying, yes, you've just shaken... You've just had your first manly handshake or something like that. But at this point here, because it hurts the song, Hulk Hogan is crushing Stan's hand, mm. but Stan is fighting it. Because yeah. he's um, a big, tough CIA man. Yeah. And um, no, it turns into a bit of a fight. Yeah, he realises that he's become a bit of a dick and um, joins forces with Hulk Hogan. Real American is playing in the background. There's a, a fight. There's lots of wrestling moves going on. And um, that's pretty much it. Alien gets hit by Stan. Mm-hmm. Stan doesn't realise that it's this person. Says, oh, thank God you're here. I've got so much to tell you. And then the alien just takes his leave of the room and um, meets the daughter of his um, widow, um, widower, whatever you call it. Oh, yeah. And he said, what's what's the scale for? That's the same scale I had when I banged your mother after I turned her life support machine off. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, she's um, a very aged woman as well, this one. She stood down as in a frame and pulls out a crossbow and shoots him. That's the end of the subplot of the alien, who is probably going to be something completely different and fucking random in the next episode. Yeah, and then um, at the end, Hulk Hogan, he goes, my work is done, and then it's a bit of a quantum leap thing where he just kind of... He leaps away, but the only thing that does disappear is his clothes, and you see... Hulk Hogan wearing nothing but a bandana and wrestling boots walking off into the sunset. Yeah. This was shit, John. <laughs> it was it, really bad. I mean, it wasn't as bad as that episode of Cleveland that we watched. It was, at times I was thinking, you know, the stool chat's obviously coming out for this one, but I was thinking, you know, it's shit, but it's just shit. But no, it's it's crap. I think it's... I'm not sure if it's um, constipation or diarrhoea, though. I think I, I think it's only one of them. Yeah. Okay. I'll, see, I I was thinking it was just like a four or five. I think it, I think it's bordering on. I th- I'm in, inclined to agree with you. A four is a good shit. Hmm. A five is when it starts to go downhill. And you think, oh, I'm not well. I'm probably going to phone in work today. Yeah. I think it's probably that because it lacks substance. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't 
it wasn't must see a doctor number seven. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, um, you know, probably going to make your, um, give you um, anal bleeding six. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it was pretty bad. It was bad. And, and what I'll say is, you know, usually if we're watching something bad, I'll see how long's left after about, I think the, the what was it with, that weird science I was like nine minutes in and it was just like this is the worst thing we've ever how many watched. times when we were watching um, Reddit a rumble as well well that was long anyway it was long and it yeah but so I, I, I didn't actually do that in this this so. happened it's not even the worst episode of American Dad that I've seen but you know I just can't stand Seth MacFarlane yeah I think he's overrated and the thing know. the thing is Colin is by you saying this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I know there's an episode of Family Guy out there with the Rockin', so we're gonna watch that soon as well. That's fine. I'm just gonna keep throwing these Seth, Seth MacFarlane things at you. You do that, John. Yeah, because I know, I know there's like an episode of The Simpsons with Bret Hart in. No, no, we're not gonna watch that. We're gonna watch a Family Guy with the Rockin'. Yeah, Colin, yeah. we'll watch Dilbert with Stone Cold Steve Austin. What do you reckon to that? You're what do you say to that, Colin? I say that you're a Dilbert. What do you say to that, Colin? Sorry, I say that you're a dildo. <laughs> Yeah. So, there we go. There we go. It happened. It wasn't terrible, but no, it wasn't good. And I, um, you know, public service, John, we watch this shit so you don't have to. <laughs> you're, sticking, that's, you're sticking with your catchphrase. That's, that's my new catchphrase. Yeah. It's two in a row now. Yeah, you like um, Francine in this episode, actually. Am I going to find out that this was the um, saying of a taco <laughs> thing a few years ago? No, we're in England. It'll be um, like Harry Ramsden's or something okay. like that. Yeah. Oh, I could go for Harry Ramsden's right now. I can't. They're full of gluten. Oh, Weatherby Whaler. Yeah. Weatherby Whaler. They do um, cripple chips. Yeah. Yeah. You're one of those cool gluten-free types, aren't you, Colin? I'm one of those cool gluten-free types where if I eat gluten, I produce a nice number seven. <laughs> no, it's probably closer to a six, to be honest. Yeah. Just should yeah. just should just do it. Don't don't listen to the man. You need to fight fire with fire. That's my advice on anything. Mm, then I'll be no no <laughs> no no just no. It's like if you're playing paper stone scissors, fight scissors with scissors. Yeah. No rock beats everything. No right on the air, John. On the air. On this air. <laughs> don't you need to like per- periscope it on or three on three. Yeah. Ready. Yeah. One two three. I've gone for rock and it's beating, it's beating your scissors because it beats everything. Go on then. One, two, three. I went for paper because <laughs> no, I might be a lying bastard. <laughs> it was a screwed up ball of paper. Yes. Lying bastard. Right, yeah. So yeah. It's a screwed up piece of paper with a rock in it. Do you know what I'll say about this? This is just good radio. <laughs> <laughs> good radio, Colin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Send us your recommendations. This was a recommendation from my sister. I blame her for this one. We've got Twitter, don't we? Yes. We have thousands of followers, apparently. We do. We have um, approximately 5.5 thousand followers, as it is. So, you know, let's have some sort of Twitter telethon thing where we can get up to five and three quarter thousand. Yeah. So um, it makes us money, does it? I think so. I think when we hit like ten thousand, we get we get a check in the post. I think that's how it works. Oh, okay. 
Um, so yeah, at WWA Podcast on the Twitter. We're on iTunes. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, then you're obviously aware of how to do it. But leave us a review. That would be good. That helps us go up in the rankings and gets more people to listen to us. Why you would recommend that, I question. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking about what I just said. And, um, yeah, I think that'll, that'll be about it. Is that about right? That's about right. Will you have anything else to plug? Yeah. How's the new job going, Colin, being so last time we spoke, you're about to start your new job? Well, I'm now a chief civil servant for the civil service. Yeah, and my novel's going really well. Yeah, haven't you sold the film rights to the um, people who made The Matrix? I've sold the film rights to the people who made Ready to Rumble. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stephen Brill is going to do the, <laughs> do the screenplay. It's going to make me loads of money. Do you think Stephen Brill should change his name to <laughs> Stephen Fucking Awful? <sighs> Colin. What? Colin, Colin, Colin. Yes, John. Not very nice. He's not here to defend himself. No, I'd like him to be here to defend himself, <laughs> so I could punch him in the face. <laughs> And on that bombshell, until next time, goodbye. Bye.